0: I'm Claire McClanahan, producer here at Gen Z Media, and welcome back to the second episode of our conversation with Ben Franklin expert, Dr. George Boudreau. Now, any conversation about Ben Franklin would not be a conversation about Ben Franklin without talking about his inventions, of course. Ben Franklin is known for many things, but his role as a prolific inventor is perhaps one of the more exciting aspects of his story. It sparks imagination. So, Dr. Boudreau, tell us about the kite, electricity. Is there anything about that story that you'd like to set straight right here on the
1: air? Franklin is fascinated by the natural world. And this is a period that historians call the Enlightenment, in which we describe that the religious prejudices of earlier centuries are being stepped around. And they're now looking for ways that the world can make sense scientifically. And so, very early on, he's doing this. Now, one of the big misconceptions is, even back from the Disney cartoon from the 50s, I think, that Franklin was kind of a knucklehead who one day decided to fly a kite, and it got struck by lightning, and he said, oh, I think this is electricity, and it's a ludicrous story. Um, You know, as I've tried to say to my college students for generations If you fly a kite in an electrical storm, you'll probably be struck and killed. (laughs) One historian said he came to electricity as a party game, and he turned it into a science. And so Hmm. he comes up with things like positive and negative charges. The battery had been invented. It was called a Leiden jar, where they had metal-lined glass jars that could store electricity. Um, And Franklin masters all of this, and he's constantly looking for ways to make it practical. At one point, he was trying to have a dinner for his library company buddies, and they were going to roast a turkey. And so one of the things he does is he electrocutes the turkey with the Leiden jar, but bumps it with his elbow and (laughs) nearly kills himself. You know, that Franklin lived to be 84 was almost miraculous because he was constantly just narrowly escaping one thing or the other. But he nearly electrocuted himself with this fully charged battery that he was going to use to kill the turkey. (laughs) One of the misconceptions is that he flew the kite up into an electrical storm and took a direct hit of lightning, and that would have killed him. It would kill any of us. So don't, don't try that at home, kids. <laughs> or you either, Claire.
0: Oh, I was going to do that today, but I'll, all right, if you say so. Well, speaking of lightning, I heard you tell a, a story that I wanted you to tell here about the lightning rod and Independence Hall and, and all of that. Can oh, you tell that story? Sure.
1: Um, well, you know, one of the things, when you're an 18th century scholar, like I am, you don't get to meet the people. I'll never get to. I'll never get to sit down with Franklin, and talk to him. One day there'd been a story in the morning paper, and they were taking up the floor of the famous Tower Room, where the Liberty Bell used to hang, uh, on the south side of Independence Hall. For the first time in history, they were they'd taken up the floor and they were putting in a new air conditioning duct. And later that day, uh, one of my best friends, who was the ranger in charge of Independence Hall, came over. To eat lunch together at uh, the museum I used to run and I said did they find anything else and she said well yeah they found the grounding wires for the lightning rod I said to her my gosh Francis who was one of my m- one of my best friends who's now passed I said Francis we have to go look at this and so she was in her National Park Service uniform and I was in a sweater and we went running out the back door of the Samuel Powell house here in Philadelphia and running down 4th Street and ran under the lawn of Independence Hall and ran up to the door where Francis, <laughs> flashed her badge so we could run in. And I could see there was an archaeological trench. And I said, I have to crawl in the trench. And she said, go ahead, which is very unusual. <laughs> you should never crawl into an archaeological dig unless the National Park Service tells you it's okay. So I did. I climbed down <laughs> into the hole and was sort of up to my uh, my chest in this pit. And I looked at the lightning rod that Benjamin Franklin had buried the electrical wire there. He described it in his autobiography as a piece of metal about as wide as the quill of a goose. And there it was, the lightning rod that had protected Independence Hall through the colonial period and through the Declaration of Independence and through the British occupying the building during the war. And for years afterwards, there it was, a piece of wire that Benjamin Franklin had put there.
0: What was that like for you? I was,
1: I was, Claire, I was overwhelmed. I, it was one of the most moving experiences I've had in my life as a historian. And I stood there, and I have to admit, I did touch it. Don't tell the archaeologists. And (laughs) I started to cry. I wept. I was just overwhelmed by, you know, history is so far away, but it's also right here. And it's right with me at that moment. And I'm standing there as the crowd was leaving the room where the Declaration of Independence was written and going past me in this stair hall to go out into the lawn of Independence Hall. And a family stopped and looked through the fence at me. And the uh, the little boy in the group looked at me and looked up at his father and said, Daddy, a fat man has fallen in a hole and he's crying. What did you do? I just stood there and thought, well, I guess we're not all going to grasp this story right now, but.
0: (laughs) So what's your favorite invention of all of Ben Franklin's inventions?
1: What's your favorite? Wow. That's hard. Um, I love my Franklin stove. I love my stove. I have bifocals and I hate them. I don't know any (laughs) Franklin scholar who has to wear bifocal spectacles and likes them because they make you fall downstairs and such like that.
0: What's an invention that you feel most people wouldn't know he had a hand in?
1: Swim fins. (laughs) Benjamin Franklin is the only founding father who is in the Swimmers Hall of Fame. No kidding. And, yep, he was. Uh, he invented these things, which strapped to the hands. And if you think about it, it's just it's just practical, pure genius. It's like a painter's palette. It's like a big oval piece of wood with a thumb hole and holes to strap it onto the hands, and it could make you into a very strong swimmer.
0: Swim fins. Yeah. Okay, I like it. And if he were alive today, what do you think he would be inventing? Where wow. do you think he'd be putting his attention?
1: Uh, I th- you know. He was very fascinated by fuel crises. Philadelphia became deforested during his lifetime. I think he would be v- very interested in renewable energy. He was also very interested in the environment. There was a creek called Dock Creek that runs through Philadelphia. It's now all underground, and he helped cap it. They built a brick uh, tunnel over the creek because it became so dirty. I think he would have been fascinated by the fight against COVID. He was someone who would live through. Uh, pandemics. He lived through the smallpox pandemic of the 18th century. COVID is awful, but smallpox was worse.
0: I think this is one of the things I really like about him. And what I hear you saying is that he was always looking for ways to make the world a better place with his inventions. That's
1: true. Absolutely. Uh, You know, he was, as my friend Paige Talbot titled her book, In Search of a Better World. And just over and over again, throughout a very long life from The the boyhood from the wandering Boston, wandering New York, establishing himself in Philadelphia, becoming a part of the community in London, and then later in Paris, you know, he was always a part of this world and always looking for ways to make it a little better.
0: There's no question Ben Franklin succeeded in making the world a better place in many ways, but he was also a product of his time, which includes challenging history that's hard to navigate and reconcile particularly as our world today evolves. Join us next week as I continue my conversation with Dr. Boudreaux and make sure to join us on February 23rd when season two of Young Ben Franklin, Welcome to New York begins.